1: That's Stamps.com. Code program. Hello and welcome to part two of this
2: week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we embrace the chaotic visual genius of Sam Raimi's 1987 Evil Dead 2, which dialed down the horror and upped the comedy. And today... We flip-reverse it as we get a literal slice of bloody horror with chuckles few and far between as, fair day, Alvarez brings the Deadite cause back to the big screen with his 2013 sequel, Evil Dead. Film in this week's A Dead Eye Jewel will be victorious. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles.
1: Release the kraken!
2: Hello Clash Putters. I've had enough of this shit. I'm Alex Zane. I'm
3: Vicky Crompton. I'm
2: Chris Tilly. And continuing this Evil Dead journey alongside us is the Not Evil and Very Much Alive host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest podcast, the wonderful Sam Cleaver. Great to have you back, Sam. Uh, Obviously, as I said, on Monday, we have guested on your wonderful podcast. And if people, our dear Clash Podders, would like to hear us talk through Evil Dead, the original Sam Raimi movie, then they just need to head to your podcast, which is available on All Good Podcasts platforms wherever you're listening to this wherever you're listening to this it came out on friday so go have a listen to that if you want to do the whole set Um, you asked us this uh on on monday Um, what is your favorite film under 90 minutes or 90 minutes or less do you have one am
4: i allowed to ask the host of the podcast have you been asked this before (laughs) It's one of those things where if you, if you ask the filmmaker this to go, "Is there all my children?" No. But that's not true, is it? <laughs> that's not true. There's some you like and there's some you don't like. The film that um, always comes to mind is Stand By Me because a, how is that film under ninety minutes long? Right. And b, it's a masterpiece. So it can't. We've, we've covered it on the podcast uh, already, which I, I'm glad. I'm glad that one's there, so it's not sort of like this yearning to talk about it. <laughs> but that's just an all
5: timer and the fact it's under ninety minutes is a dream. Sam, can I ask a follow up question, please? Um, we would love to do that film. What do we pair stand by me with? Mm. or
4: you need to think of another like children, I mean, like the, is the Goonies too obvious? Or I don't think the Goonies is anywhere near it. No, no, nah. yeah. we did it
5: with Monster Squad. Yeah. Funnily enough, oh, there you go. Monster yeah. Squad
4: would be a great pairing with Me <laughs> 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 Look,
5: I'll give you, I'll give you an ad to think about it, and then at the end, you you have to come up with the right answer because we spent two years and we've not figured okay, it out. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll yeah. work through this. I don't know. That's fair
2: because we'd like Sam to be present and engaged with this conversation as opposed <laughs> he's to be, a he's a smart guy. Sorry, what I'm still thinking about Sam. <laughs> smart. Yeah. He can do two <laughs> things at once. All right, all right. Well, we're coming back to you then, Sam. I gave Chris a way out, but he's very insistent that you have a. Pair for Stand By Me (laughs) at the end of this episode. All right, then. Let's just get into it. Great, let's do it. On Monday, we saw what Sam Raimi could do with $3.5 million, but today, fair day. Alvarez is gifted $17 million as he drags those deadites
5: kicking and screaming into 2013. Chris takes on a journey. My mates Fede and Roddo uh, did something unexpected with their Evil Dead movie. They stuck a bunch of kids in a cabin in a wood uh, with their drug-addicted friend going cold turkey, giving them motivations and an actual reason to stay when the shit goes down. They gave the group a complicated history filled with guilt and resentment, thereby adding interesting group dynamics to the mix. They laid out the rules of the Book of the Dead and in doing so, applied some actual logic to what happens and they cast professional actors in all of the roles, resulting in actual acting in the film, meaning this must be the be- the best evil dead. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Right? According
2: to Chris Tilly from IGN, (laughs) then uh, yes, 9 out of 10, I believe, it scored and made it onto the Wikipedia
5: page, for your consideration, Evil Dead.
2: Mm. Um, Terrifying, exhilarating and relentlessly entertaining new chapter in the Evil Dead story. I I reread that review.
5: Happy with it, for once. Normally, I hate them.
1: Don't start with the regrets.
5: 9 out of 10 <laughs> I loved it Big sweat. Um I loved it but also I loved Evil Dead 2 on this watch so mm. who knows what's coming so when did you Jimmy, first watch Jimmy. this Sam <laughs> I was
4: working so I do a podcast I do 90 minutes or less I also do a podcast for Picturehouse Cinemas and occasionally they let us do a Picturehouse Cinemas podcast screening and somehow the podcast ended up hosting the UK premiere <laughs> of 2013's Evil Dead at the Ritzy Cinema in Brixton a studio canal the distributor spent loads of money they built like a cabin outside the cinema that was there all day you can go in and there was people who were like in makeup who would scare you if you held the book of the dead we did all this sort of stuff and fede alvarez and the star jane levy came down and we hosted a live podcast on stage um they'd been to the pub beforehand it was a wild q and a and studio canal did not tell us they were filming the q and a so if you bought the blu-ray from sainsbury's only <laughs> we were a sainsbury's only special feature where you could see the q and a didn't what get paid that, for it
3: That's the thing. What, who's in the, sainsbury's are in the room they're like we want that or yeah. is it like we don't care about Sainsbury's? so just give them yeah. that like I which think way around you see, it?
4: like to entice retailers like guys you could just sell the evil dead but if you sell it in all of your stores you put <laughs> us on like the number one in your pretend Special chart um, <laughs> oh, we'll yeah. give you the two disc which has sam's q a at the ritzy <laughs> so i was i was very involved uh in 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 the uk release at least
3: brilliant vicky it's a first watch
4: Alex, it's a
2: first watch. Um, I have a reason for why it's my first watch, because... I just felt I'd had my fingers burnt. I know this was a little bit after the Naughties, but the naughties I just remember all those Michael Bay produced horror mm. reboots, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Amityville Horror, and they made a lot of money, mm. and they were all rubbish. And yeah. so I saw this coming. I didn't know Fede Alvarez. I didn't know much about mm. it. At that Why point would you? It's his debut, isn't <laughs> it? It is, yeah. And I, I just sort of was like, no, 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 no. I've seen, I've seen what they do. It all looks flashy, and it's rubbish. So I just gave it a miss.
5: Wrong, I was. <laughs> mm, you should have read the review on IGN yeah. 9 out of 10 I believe uh, yeah. because I rating, I heard I <laughs> went to see this film uh, at the world premiere at uh, South by Southwest and as you saw I, I liked it I went I interviewed the cast afterwards um, who were charming a lot and then I went to Comic Con and did more interviews with them there and then I was invited to lunch and then I was introduced uh, properly to Fede and Roddo who made Evil Dead which is when they asked me for my autograph Because my quote was on the box of the movie and they had the Blu-ray there and so I signed their... Yeah. I signed their copies
2: which it begs the question why Sony felt the need to make up their own sort of half pretend press quote when there were so many good quotes like that they were like the most terrifying movie you will ever see yeah. and it's like it, it's, I mean it's good but it ain't the, yeah, it's that's not ridiculous. the most terrifying it's, it's and what a thing to say <laughs> <laughs> What's a Stupid. thing for the marketing bar? I mean if, if I was Fede Alvarez I'd be like, I'm sorry why have you, why have you done that and also put it in inverted
5: commas and write Sony next to it so at least it's a gag at yeah. least it's like a quote from the studio oh okay so so um, I spent the rest of Comic-Con hanging out with Fede and Roddo, and obviously we've kept in touch ever since. Yeah, of course. Yeah, We haven't lost touch at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's why he keeps saying it stupidly, the name, because Am I allowed Fede to clarify for to me. Sam? Oh, yeah, oh, well, Fede, Fede, Fede I've, he's not returned any of my messages, although I did realise about a year ago I was messaging a, the wrong account, a fake account. <laughs> 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 um, I didn't get in touch with him to try and get okay. him to talk to us about this, because he is making a new alien right now. Yeah. But definitely, definitely not going to be called what they say it's called at the moment.
2: Everyone's like, it's Called Alien Romulus, and you're like, it isn't. (laughs) It just isn't. You, I mean, you just don't like use a Star Trek planet and put Alien in front of it. It's like
5: it's called Alien Krypton, is it though? But it's called Alien Tatooine. Shut up. So no Fede quotes, but I do know Lou Taylor Pucci plays Eric. I've messaged him, so I've not come with nothing okay. to this podcast so did he message you back then watch, watch this space oh, wow. is all I'm saying That's Vicky. A yes. Ooh, sorry who did you, you message uh, Lou who plays Eric in the, film. the one
3: you said no. was an idiot yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so some quick bit of background uh, they spent years talking about doing a sequel or a remake or a requel or a reboot or who knows <laughs> who knows uh, the key to making this happen though was uh, producer Rob Tappert and Sam and Bruce all agreeing this is their collective baby and it was uh, Bruce Campbell who did not want to do this he was the hardest to convince. Uh, it was Sam Raimi who thought it was the be- uh, the good idea. I think Tappert was just saying yes to anything. This could make him a lot of money, yeah. potentially. But That's like tree rape. Yeah, um, right. But Sam has said all through the years, this could be a great vehicle for a young filmmaker to tackle uh, in the way that it was a great vehicle for me to show what I can do. Uh, so they asked young filmmakers to pitch. Fede pitched. Uh, Bruce liked his concept. He liked the idea of not using Ash. He was very keen on Ash not being in this. Um, and so together they wanted to build something new and fresh. Uh, as Sam said, uh, you know he made his film, uh, the first film, sixteen millimeter, millimeter. Sound was mono. We couldn't afford stereo. It was released in very few theaters. Very few people saw my film on the big screen. Those that did saw a compromised picture with compromised sound. I really felt it was a good ghost story and deserved to be told once on the big screen with high quality visuals and great acoustic treatment. So, yeah, and and I, I believe that's what they're doing again. It's it's another. This is it. Lee Cronin who's directed Cronin, the new one. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: Another. He had one feature film, but has come from short film and yeah. pitch directly to Sam Raimi and Sam Raimi signs off on him as director for The New Thing so mm. I guess he is using the Evil Dead series to develop new talent
5: Yeah, yeah. like a springboard mm. and, and Fede had made a film in 2009 on his own basically called uh, Panic Attack uh, Has anyone seen this? No. So it's a short film. It was, it was to show what he could do with visual effects on his computer. And it's a kid playing with a robot. And then suddenly you see these giant robots arrive in Uruguay. And they're all over the place, destroying the city. The military are taking them down. It's like a bit Cloverfield, or like, a bit like Independence Day. And within weeks, he'd made a deal with Ghost House Pictures to direct a $40 million adaptation of that short film. Wow. Um, uh, that didn't happen. Oh. But that's when he pitched Evil Dead. And just to clarify, this sequel, requel, remake, reimagining,
2: it is a sequel. That is what Fede Alvarez said. He was asked on Twitter if it's a sequel, and he said it continues the first one. The coincidences and events between the first film and mine are not coincidences, but more like dark fate created by the evil book. And Sam Raimi says of Evil Dead Rise, uh, the Lee Cronin one, uh, and how that continues the story. He said, um, in one of the early meetings, this is Lee Cronin talking, in one of the early meetings I had with Sam Raimi, uh, he said, you know the way Army of Darkness, there's three Necronomicons. Well, you had one, Fede had one, and I'm going to take the other one. So maybe we'll see a Sam Raimi sequel
5: in the future. Mm. Maybe.
1: Don't Don't tease me now.
5: Mm, I like it. Um, So Fede and Ruddo wrote the script. Diablo Cody did a polish on it, apparently. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Can that be true? Is that true? Why not? I think it's because
2: isn't it because Fede Alvarez and his uh, co-writer's language their first language is in English and right. so she just Americanized I it. I f- speak better English than I do. Uh,
5: they said it was tricky because they weren't just writing a script they were having to second-guess audiences who've seen the other films and they're trying to subvert expectations so they're going to show stuff that you've seen before but then try and sort of pull the rug out from under your feet um, and they wanted to take everything that's timeless from the the older films but drop everything that's sort of tired and dated. Um, Fede said I wasn't rewriting anything I wasn't making a movie that was trying to take the place for another. I just wanted to make a new story that's why i decided to go with different characters and a different setup and i guess mm-hmm. you can't you couldn't recast ash i don't think could you no no and if you don't want ash in the film you have to just go in a different direction then don't you because who, if you if you're making a horror comedy then whoever comes in is then going to be compared to ash whoever's the comic relief so i don't know what do you think is it is it smart to pull out the humor vicky
3: Ah oh, God, that's a big question. I mean, well, it depends what you want to make. Like I also if I was Freddy Alvarez, it's the pitch, isn't it? So it's like I want to go on to have a career in either horror or comedy, so I'll do a horror comedy and then hopefully I can land in both. But if that's not his thing, like what did he do? Was it called Don't Breathe? Mm. That's a horror, no?
5: It is very so, much so. Uh,
3: yeah, I haven't seen it. Mm. But um if he just if he wants to if he's like, This is my shot, I'm gonna take my shot, you don't pitch for a comedy in any way because you've got no interest in doing that. Um, so yeah, for him, a very smart decision. For me, like, I know what to expect from this. This is a straight up anonymous kids in the woods kind of thing. There's no superstar there. That's fine. Um, I thought the stuff about her being heroin addicted was a brilliant idea because it's so frustrating when they're like, we can't go or whatever. But also, it's really hard edge for something like this. Like, none of those kids are really sweet college kids and, they're you know, they're mild and quite boring. And to have someone who's, she's a very sort of Mild heroin addict, in fairness, but it's quite—I didn't see that coming in a million years. It's
2: just—it's—it's it's just good the way they can blame it on her desperation to go it's and get so, more heroin. So, so much as stuff, her, yeah. As reason she motivation,
3: hallucinations, the the drip feeding information with their brother as well, which is like he didn't know about the OD and he didn't know about this because you've yeah. got to get him on side to keep her in the cabin.
2: I found that a bit weird though. The bit where he's like, Yeah, I'm sorry I missed our mum's funeral, but I just got the job at the garage in Chicago. The it's exposition's like, not. I mean, sorry to have look up. What, what that garage? Was like, it a Formula One garage? Was it during the Grand Prix? Like, they were like, We need you. You're our main tyre changer. It's like, <laughs> what, what garage doesn't go? Your mum's died. You can have the time off. Weird, weird excuse not to be there. The garage
3: in Chicago is weird. <laughs> and everyone's like, Your sister's over there. Your friend <laughs> is over there. That's for you. More because no one knows who anyone is. It's like you have to keep loading the exposition all the time.
5: So let's get into the movie anyway. We kick off with a prologue that starts at the end of another movie, essentially, mm. uh, with a girl stumbling through the forest covered in blood, and there's she gets a bag on her head, and then she ends up in a cabin, and she realizes it's her. We realise it's her dad who's chained her up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Daddy, daddy, why are you doing this to me? And there's lots of people there. And we realise he's trying to help her rather than hurt her. And he's trying to save her soul. So he pulls gasoline on her while she begs for her life and lights a match. Great. Uh, what do you think of this opening, Sam?
4: It's quite a bold start. What's nice is it's playing with our expectations already. Like we've seen the same film twice by this point in <laughs> The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. So a oh, new beginning. This is exciting. I think it's really, I think it's a really good way to set up. You know what's at stake, and this whole film, I think, is about saving people's souls rather than saving people. Mm-hmm. So it really sort of puts that front and center. And it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, As it's eighteen rating. It's, it's it's brilliant because
2: you. I mean, I was I was suckered in, and I was genuinely like, "Yep, she is the innocent, and these guys are you know evil fucking cultists or what have you." They're yeah. gonna they're, because they're, they're cast like that. It's like it's mm-hmm. a bit like the the trope at the start of the very first one yeah. with the fisherman where it's like uh oh mm-hmm. the locals are going to get them and then when it's like, no, she they're says. the good guys. She are the good
5: guys. I will rip your soul out, Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, and he blows her head off with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, don't we learn later on, he could have just buried her. <laughs> he <could've laughs> alive, <Dad>. though. Alive,
3: <laughs> sure. Just your or just I. set her on fire, which he has already done. He did he's obviously like enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah, we get the Evil Dead, uh, the title. And, and if this film ain't messing around, I feel like what this opening is saying. And so we've got the same stuff, the Jeep driving through the, the landscape um, same necklace that you love V
3: but worse <laughs> somehow worse now I don't even have a precious metal now I've got some wood it, necklace is it wood or plastic yeah, he says uh, it's made from a special tree right. which is meant to give you strength strength sure. some whatever it's horrible <laughs> I don't need it and I'm obviously
2: I'm, I'm, I'm terrified because they've brought a bloody dog with them so I'm like I'm
5: going to of my seat going oh I forgot is yeah. that is, is grandpa going to be okay no, no? <laughs> uh, yeah, grandpa is the dog in case you haven't watched it yet <laughs> um, um, so we've got Mia who is a uh, uh, person who's addicted to drugs her brother David um, his girlfriend Natalie and it says a lot about David that this is his new girlfriend and he's taken her to his sister's detox
3: yeah yeah, right because yeah. she's like my friend I say this in front of my friends and family I just met Natalie <laughs> like, sorry did I not expect you I'm a smack it but uh, I'm, I'm dealing with it kind of thing <laughs> uh, he's
5: a he's a shithead basically David yeah and this is one of the things that tells you that also is that
3: what's wrong with Natalie like your boyfriend's like do you want to come up to the woods and watch my sister detox? Nope. They, no, I don't.
5: They, they cut a lot of her scenes apparently in, in in a way to tighten it. We learnt just a lot more about what a good-hearted, kind, nice person she is. So you sort of get a sense of why she's done this to support her boyfriend but they got rid of all that. Nah, well, I'd like that. I think they should have kept that back in because I think that would have made the arm-cutting scene later yeah. even more but, horrible. But then we're going way over 90 minutes. So. But
4: they've already made their bed though. Like, the, even this version is over 90 minutes. It's okay. the, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it could be know. two and a half
5: hours now. It's, it's, right.
4: it's barred. It's not
5: getting through the gates at the film fest uh and their friends they've got a a friend who's a nurse called olivia and eric who's a teacher um played by lou taylor Pucci, who was going for that 1970s horror character look with his hair and glasses Mm -hmm. Uh, i asked about that when i emailed him um no response yet
3: oh bless you <laughs> no he's I mean he's, I'm sure Lou, he's a busy guy
5: so Lou Lou, Lou. Do, you, do you remember me um, why do you look like Kurt Cobain yeah. oh, okay, 9 it. out of 10 Lou I was 9 out of 10 come <laughs> on uh, brother and sister talk to each other don't they uh, with, the, with the necklace promise me you'll stay with me to the end she says I'm not going anywhere he says and then he crosses his heart and hopes to die <laughs> <Idiot>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she pours the drugs out and goes cold turkey and then yes as you say Alex we've got this exposition the mum's gone David wasn't there when she was gone they said that was a tricky scene to write, uh, you would probably agree, it sounds like. But it was all exposition, yeah. and they were trying to do it very fast. Uh, garage in Chicago. Just don't say garage in Chicago. <laughs> just
3: say, I've just started, I just started that job. You know that job, I'd really worked for. Doesn't matter. No one gives a shit what it is. It's fine. Well, like, oh, no, they, it does matter. They, they,
5: they, it doesn't matter, no, no because does, he wasn't because going there for the work. He was going there because he didn't want to be at home. No, no. If you're about to say car battery. I am. No, come on. <laughs>
2: People know how a car battery works without working at a garage in Chicago.
3: Do I know that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay.
2: I mean, you don't, I I see what you're doing. I know know you love structure. Oh, they've set it up and they paid it
5: off. Yeah. Fuck it. But also (laughs) your character has to say garage in Chicago. Then no. But also we come to realise it wasn't about a job, at a garage. It was just, he wanted to be away. Any, any excuse to be away from the situation with the mum um, losing her mind. So, but she's still angry. He's still guilty and everyone seems to resent him. So it is setting up a lot of interpersonal relationships uh, very quickly. We've got, we've got a, a sort of complex group dynamic that that isn't in the other films and and he even learns that she od'd and died and so we're raising the stakes suddenly that this is life or death for these characters uh having to stay at the at um the cabin so night turns and uh turns up and the cold turkey is tough but she smells something dead uh which none of them none of the rest of them can and then they look in the basement and find a lot of dead animals yep um, covered in flies. They're cats. They were originally, uh, crows in the original script, but Robert Tappert told them that's a cliche. So they made them cats.
3: Okay,
5: <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't know what the difference is. It's I actually, hard
3: to get notes sometimes. You just have to go. Okay, like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I respect that. I
2: think crows. I would feel like yeah, the symbol of death or whatever. Like yeah, I yeah. think I think cats is more interesting. And more I do witchy, think maybe this, 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 there's a little too, too many cliches in this bloody movie. So I think that was a wise move to at least
5: remove one. They did yeah. have a cat jump out here for a jump scare, but removed it because it felt cheap, and they were trying to make every scare earned rather than having. Cheap ones like that, which I like the thinking there. Uh, They find the book wrapped in wire. Barbed wire. Invented by Joseph Glidden in
2: 1874.
3: Oh, I forgot you know that. What's the thing you don't... There's something you don't know because you know that. Don't
2: know anything about uh, World War II history of of the UK. Yeah, Because (laughs) in my GCSE history, we studied the Old West. That's fascinating. Nothing about World War II... Joseph Glidden, yeah, Bob Wyatt,
5: 1874. Uh, Mia says, you shouldn't have touched anything from that basement. She, Mia's the voice of reason mm. for a lot of this film when she isn't demonic. Yes. If they listen to Mia, they're going to be all right. But yeah. unfortunately, because of the, the withdrawal symptoms, everyone thinks she's losing her mind. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we've got day. It's the next day. We see uh, they're cutting meat with Chekhov's electric knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric clips the wire to reveal the book. He opens and starts reading the words, even though it literally says in blood... <laughs> Don't Leave this that. book alone.
2: It's just he's. I just wrote down. What a fucking idiot! Like it's. He's too stupid in this movie. Like he. It, it takes me out of the movie how stupid he is. It's. It's like. It's not just like inquisitive. There's nothing. There's nothing to him that makes you go. No, I get that. Which is what you need. Where a character does something that is so. Ridiculous! You need something in there to go,
5: but we've set up that he is like this. He's a scholar. He's fascinated by the old. He's a a teacher, and so he's intrigued. So he does the rubbing.
3: Mm. Yeah, but you don't. You you miss all of that. Like it's something in a script where it will go, Eric because of his inquisitive nature because he's a teacher it opens the book but you don't see it on screen and like, sometimes you need the dialogue to go I will read this book because I'm a teacher because otherwise that, I, I assume that's why he does it but otherwise he's bewitched yep. in some way but it, it, it wasn't clear to me why he would do it mm. um,
5: in terms of in reference to this book uh, Bruce Campbell said this thing appears in different places in different times evil dead movies can exist in two parallel universes the book is doing the rounds So can you see this as like a multiverse story where different people are coming to the same cabin in different time zones or different, you know, universes? I
4: guess they establish sort of portals in Evil Dead 2, which we just talked about,
5: and uh,
4: and, and more in Army of Darkness. And, I mean, there is a post-credit sting in this Mm. one, which might imply a similar sort of thing. Mm. Is
2: uh, what would have been really smart, although I'm sure the uh, Marvel machine would have gone, absolutely not, was in... Multiverse of Madness, the Sam Raimi directed Doctor Strange. If, like, if, if, is there an Easter egg where Doctor Strange walks past Ash, and that would have been
5: wonderful. Well, no, Bruce Campbell has quite a big scene in it. But not as Ash. Not as Ash, no. no. No, I mean, he seems a bit like Ash, the, like, the character he's playing. He's, really? a, he's a hot dog vendor or something. And he's yeah, a, he's he a has complete... a possessed hand. Yeah, he has a possessed <laughs> hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He does, exactly. Uh, Mia sees a figure in the woods, says, we have to get out of here. Listen to Mia. Mm-hmm. No one's listening to her. Um, but that's what the brilliance is. Leaving will kill her. Staying kills all of them. Um... She tries to drive off, and we get the same thing. You know, there's no way of getting away. Uh, she crashes, wakes up in the car, and she's rummaging for her purse.
3: Mm. Quite like that. Why? Because she's in
5: shot. I don't think you'd rummage for your purse. Do just... you know
3: what? I've just said why. But when she's like, ah, and then she gets her handbag, I was like, that's brilliant. Because mm. <clears throat> it's just like, you'd look like, I need to get out of this car. Yeah. But why leave the handbag? That's yeah. just like another problem on top of all these other problems. It was just nice to watch I do it. It's weird
2: that she goes across to the other side of the pond. You'd think you'd go back the way the car had come into the pond. It's just yeah. this weird moment. Again, it did take me out because I'm like, why are you swimming further out into this marsh to get out the other side when you'd use the car to pull yourself out the way you came in?
3: Yeah
5: she's in shock here though and they said that's inspired by Wild at Heart where Laura Dern's character is searching for her earring after a car crash and they wanted something like that then something happens in the woods she sees evil Mia and evil Mia, some black goo comes out of her mouth and wraps herself around her leg and up inside her.
3: Treeway! Mm-hmm. Hooray! Uh, it. This
5: was not in Fede and Roddo's original script, but producer Robert Tapper suggested that they add it in. It was definitely him then. I always figured it was him based on, I like to watch actors bleed. <laughs> uh, they originally had her fighting a dead-eyed coyote here.
3: Cool <laughs> yeah,
5: it seems more fun would have been fun have but been I guess fun. the idea is that it, 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 I guess in the, in, the, in Evil Dead, the original it's there for to shock, whereas here it does move the story forward in, in that that's how evil Mia sort of injects the demon into our Mia sure, I and oh, turn her. come
2: on. why? Look, it's not, I've, there are so many ways to do that okay. without it going up her. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. Just, but I'm just saying that's what's happening in that just, scene.
2: It feels, uh, I mean, look, I'm speaking for people and they might have different stories. It feels like Tapper has gone put this in and Fede Alvarez has tried to then justify it in interviews by going, it's an allegory for addiction. And you're like, is it? Or have someone told you to put in a kind of weird sexy rape scene thing and like, it doesn't work and now people are scratching to explain why mm. it's there interesting
5: yeah. use the word sexy <laughs> <laughs> that is very true <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh let's talk I, about i don't know what to say <laughs> uh, i
3: might just move my chair a little bit over this way
5: so so grandpa's dying <laughs> dead
4: sam so it's a, it's a sad time it's yeah sad death. the dog didn't deserve it and like why would you bring a dog to the scary
3: to the cabin. cold turkey party no, yeah. <laughs> i don't know it
4: might calm me uh stroking the dog sure, yeah. seems like a great dog that was really upsetting though i thought yeah really? the way they find it you hear him he's sort of in a weird sort of like t- hole in the ground and then there's a there's an extra hole in the shed and we get to see the shed from evil dead 2 that's nice always like a, yeah. like a shed in an evil dead film yeah, uh, yeah really horrible like that death kind of uh, affected me pretty bad
2: so that is really strange because i am that i'm uh, any time an animal gets injured in a movie, I'm like, it breaks me. And I'm like, oh, this didn't. And it made me think this. It's obviously there to set up this tunnel that's into the shed so we see it for later. I just, I, it feels gratuitous and unnecessary. I don't think it needs to be there. It feels like they've gone, we're going to kill a dog because then, oh my God, a dog's dead. But they haven't done the work to make me care about this dog. And I just, I, it feels like a bit of a sort of, a failed attempt, a poor execution of an animal dying in a
4: movie,
3: and it wasn't at all sexy. So there's you go <laughs> <name.
4: laughs> why, the, why is the dog called Grandpa? As well, what a strange name <laughs> <favorite laughs> <dog. laughs> Alex, right, Alex's cool.
5: dog's called Simon. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, people do name their dogs weird things. Uh, things. And on that bombshell, <laughs> on that bombshell, uh, we're going to take a break, but we're going to come back with the first idea they had for this script. <laughs> And we're back. So the first idea that Ferry and Roddo had when they were writing this script was um, Mia burning herself in a shower and blistering up and it all popping.
3: So is that because she knows? Because the book has got handy instructions, hasn't it? So it's life burial, fire cleansing by fire and boiling water so has she? does she just know that because she's got this demon in it or did she read the book like I thought she was like one step ahead of everybody else mm, I think you're talking
5: about two different things yeah there's a, there's an image of that in the book right. Yeah, but it's not one of the ways to save someone's oh, soul yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. so Sorry, she's okay.
5: doing what the demon does oh, in
1: the I book okay, well,
2: it's, yeah. it's a nice little it's a nice little preempting what you know you're about mm. to see
5: done uh, like, through great, special yeah. effects okay. so it shows you like the jaw the skin missing from the jaw for Olivia in a moment and, yeah. so and so I just, think actually we see her in the shower before Eric Rick sees the image in the book and then he's able to correlate oh, the see. two
4: it's the how to spot a demon book
3: sure <laughs> I think this is the, probably
4: the film that uses the book the best so we understand the plot yeah, uh, there's a lot of how tos and how to stop. I think as well,
3: like the barbed wire. That's brilliant because when they say, obviously, a book made of what if you thought it was skin is gross and terrifying. But no one covers a book in barbed wire ever unless you shouldn't really be opening it. So it is fun when he's like snipping through the wire.
2: I feel sorry for Olivia. She because we as the audience know that this is real and the things are real and Mia isn't making up and it's not to do with drugs, you do immediately go, shut up, Olivia, when she's like, she's getting the best treatment she'd get in a hospital, but from me. And yeah. you're
5: like, oh, man, you're, <laughs> you're an idiot and you're going to die horribly. Uh, they try and get away, but the the way is waterlogged now. And they toyed with the idea of including a scene that explains why the phones weren't working but decided no one would care. And they don't. I never thought for a second why isn't anyone using their phone. Mm.
3: I did a bit, but just because I'm that sort of person. But I, although I just, in my head, I was like, it's just no reception. So it's no big deal. Yeah, it's, that's but that, this her, is the yeah. point. So it's, she can't no reception. call their deal. They're, yeah.
5: they're in a forest. I don't need the scene because yeah. then I am taken out of the film. Do you find it annoying, Sam, when they have to have that moment in a horror? There's always, that's like the thing that you have to do in a post or like... Two thousand five yeah. horror movie.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's no signal. Here's a close up on my phone. Look. Yeah. No. <laughs> no bars. No bars. Everyone. Yeah.
5: And, and they're they often walking around holding in the air to see if they can get any reception. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's got a sensitive Uh. But then she appears with a shotgun, points at her brother, and shoots him in the arm. Um. <laughs> it's quite a shock, I think, that moment. Yeah, it is. Um. The fact that she really does do that to her brother, and. Also, I think you think the first time you're watching this, well, this is a film about stopping her. The rest of this film is going to be about stopping this woman, little realising they're going to do put a switcheroo on us. Mm. Um, You're all going to die tonight. (laughs) Uh, We're hearing voices from the original there, which I like. And now from this point on, the film pretty much plays out in real time. Um, Vomits blood on Olivia, who shoves her in the cellar, where she smashes herself up. Not before Eric says, everything's been getting Oh, he's got it's a new lit. phone. He's got a new phone. <laughs> I accidentally phoned Kim. <laughs> not, fed, not Fed,
2: eh? No. Oh, oh, that's, no. A shame.
5: that's embarrassing.
2: He doesn't know how to use his new phone yet. <laughs> Chris, is, oh, Chris has got a new phone. It's less than a week old and he's already misdialed dialed someone on it. <laughs> <laughs> Live on air. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got Eric saying uh, two uh, preposterous things in a row. First of all, he's like everything's been getting worse. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because you read the fucking book, do <laughs> first, And then he goes, I think this whole thing may have something to do with witchcraft. You think, <laughs> Eric? You think from, what was it, the blood? Don't read this in the book. <laughs> it's not witchcraft,
5: is it? It's witches. There's no witches. It's witches. It's witch-adjacent. Yeah, it's around the same, <laughs> it's same <in> ballpark. <laughs> uh, so Olivia's cutting up her own face with a broken shard of glass. Brilliant.
3: Eric, Am I? Is there something wrong with me? In the book... The figure, the illustration, is of a skull person holding like that. So hold, Sorry, I can't see that, but holding a whole face. They've flayed their own face and they've held the whole face in their hands. So Olivia's down, like, going, cock, 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 when she stops in the room and you can see the line going around her face and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then Eric goes into the bathroom and it's brilliantly shot where he's like, Olivia, what's the matter? Not that. And then she turned around and I was like, ah, oh, no, that's fine. Like, I was disappointed by that jump. It's the bottom half of her face Boring. In the book. No, in the book. No, it's not. In the book, it's the bottom I remember
2: thinking. I remember exactly the illustration. It's the bottom half of a face. Well, that's boring. Okay. do the full face yeah sure sure. I mean you can say that but they did set up the bottom half of the face oh,
3: I just I know I know that it's just a memory trick I just don't believe you <laughs> mm, okay. it does have
4: the maybe like the one sort of bit of slapstick in that scene as well mm. where he slips on a tongue
5: So is it a <laughs> tongue
3: yeah. I thought it was a flap
4: of skin is it her tongue I read, I read it as a tongue
5: wow uh, in response she stabs him in the chest and then takes a syringe to his eye oh. and, oh, and he smashes her with some porcelain and then he pulls a huge needle out of his cheek <laughs> <laughs> um and then there 's some really nasty shots of an open wound as as um eric's sort of trying to 're trying to patch eric up and he he admits that he might have released something <laughs> evil mm. well by done. reciting those words well done mate so uh next up we 've got Natalie in the cellar with Mia, and why again Mia I, I, licking her with a bloody tongue uh, let 's do this now so twenty eleven
2: cabin in the woods comes out. And literally sends up all of this kind of behaviour brilliantly, magnificently. And two years later, you've got a film that basically ignores that that film exists and just has people doing the stupidest stuff. And that is my main problem with this movie. It's like, why is she going into the cellar? Mia has just shot someone. Why are you going down there to see if she's okay to check on her? You just would not do that. She needs help. Mia needs help. Mia
5: needs her friend's help. Oh
2: no, me and his I know stuff. you want to defend this movie because you no, love this explain movie. I'm explaining to you. It's not an explanation. There's no way you'd go down there when someone is yeah. that dangerous.
3: You know what you need to do. So the demons can do. It's daft, but it might work. So the demons can do voices because they're pretending to be normal. Mia, help me. Why am I down here? So you have to do a like, like the police are here. Like someone called the emergency services. We are here. We're in the bit. We've come through the basement for some reason. Come in. Can you let us into the house? And then someone might go, Oh yeah, go on. Then I would look because yeah. I'm a bit desperate. That might work. But in a demon voice.
5: Sure. Uh, Speaking of demon voice, after she's given her the bloody lick and then split her tongue in two. Cool. Um, she says kiss me you dirty cunt
1: mm.
3: <laughs>
5: which uh, gave She's me she.
3: quite a <laughs> yeah. different in a different context we can work sure. with that sure
5: exorcist vibes I guess from that and now we've got demon Natalie mm. um, who oh not before Mia's offered to suck her brother's
3: cock when she says Mia's not here you fucking idiot I laughed my head off I think that's a brilliant <laughs> yeah. like because he is a fucking idiot in fairness it's just such an it's quite a British thing to say I just found that genuinely funny not like I'm laughing at the foot I'm laughing with everyone I just thought it was
2: really good. I think one of the best things that this film does is this idea, because, you know, it's like, oh, they're dead. And you sort of always think about death as like, well, that's the end of that character. They're dead. But this really builds on this idea that because they've been possessed, their soul is going to hell and your little sister is being raped in hell. Mm. And this idea that death isn't the end for them. Their souls are going to hell. And the bit where Eric says later, I don't want to become the devil's bitch. And it Mm. really does build on the idea of just how horrific their fate is going to be.
5: And and when they get to, when we get to the bit where Mia comes back she does allude to the fact she's awake through all this so she's trapped in her body seeing what evil me is doing to everyone which is quite a terrifying uh, concept um, Eric Burns the book and uh, they were going to have him saying we'll be dead by dawn here
3: oh I like that bit but, but they <laughs> felt <by dawn>. they <laughs> felt it was too on the
5: nose and that it would be too much you know trying to figure out how much fan service to do and yeah. they were just they sat around and said no one would actually say that in real life no one says dawn really don't say dawn, no right. so uh, they pulled it out a song by the uh, trip-hop group depth charge called dead by dawn which uses that song.
3: really mm. nice
5: yeah. And so we learn the rules here. There's an evil entity, a taker of souls, a demon. It's going to feast on five souls. Um, and once it's done that, the sky will bleed again. An abomination will rise from hell. It attached to Mia's soul like a leech. It's becoming her. If we want to help Mia, we're going to have to kill her. I who hate else, that five Who else hate thought that. it was going to be Tim Curry from the Incredible Hulk movie when they said the abomination? I was like, amazing. Now, I, I, I was thinking Tim Roth rather than Tim Curry.
3: From that <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 He's, that was, he's not in it, but it's fine. Is that our
5: obligatory Tim Curry mention? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I've run out of actual connections
2: and that's this week's
3: (laughs) I found the five thing frustrating because it's like we need five cells. Oh, that's handy. There's five people. Like, that's bullshit. It's, it, it's a crap swap, but you have to do something else. Like, it only happens on the the blood moon of the third day of the somethings. Like, stupid coincidence, but not the coincidence that's like, there's five kids. I know it's all homage to the old thing, but if you're a demon and you live in hell, why five? Why not seven? It just, there's no sense to it. There's no, like, law to it. I, unless I'm missing something that's Five's in the book.
2: the devil's number. It's the evil number.
3: No, it's not. Hmm no it's not it's, No, it's not.
2: did you not know that
3: I don't believe you
2: it's 100%. That's I think why you're tricking pick, me that's why they picked five
3: okay is that true yeah
4: Sam uh, <laughs> you know, it's also the amount you can fit into a car so that's confusing <laughs> here but does grandpa's soul count in the five so I feel like
2: oh wow <laughs> does, does what a count? great point do dogs have souls according to this movie no screw you fede <laughs> fed screw you fede just taking good care of
0: everyone's animals
5: I never text him again. By the way, even if he begs to come on, it's a no. Uh, so we've got that. We've got we've we've got less of the anarchy of the Raimi movies in terms of there's rules that have been set out. Do you prefer that, or do you like the wild sort of untamed version of this that Raimi gave us, Sam? I think during the original Evil Dead, I'm like, oh, I'd love some rules. But
4: actually, this one's quite rule heavy. Maybe like rein the rules in a little bit. I do like that we know what's at stake and sort of you know, how what it is and how you could defeat it. Um, but they really sort of stick but it's sort of like here's kill number one, look, it's kill number one, here's kill number two. They sort of really signpost it. I think there's maybe a happy medium. Yeah. uh, there, you know. Keep the rules in the background somewhere. We don't need to sort of keep referring to
5: the book. Put the book down. (laughs) 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 But how to how to cleanse the possessed is purified gotta be purified. It's live burial, body dismemberment or purification by fire. That's that's your three. And if you weren't convinced David's just an idiot at this point, after
2: all of this, after everything he's seen, at this point, he still says... Maybe it's a virus.
5: <laughs> Fuck off, David. He's seen Fuck cabin off. fever. It's a cabin <laughs> fever virus. Please. Maybe the virus. Of course it is, mate. Go on. Uh, so Natalie fires some nails into her face with a nail gun. <laughs> <laughs> she turns Eric into a pin cushion. She smashes David with a, a metal bar. She gets shot with nails. Um, she splits her hand down the middle. And David blows her other arm off. It's interesting. I, the the one bit of fan
2: surface I would have liked, because she it's a brilliant line, as is, where she chops her arm off and she goes, I had to do it. I feel much better <laughs> <That's> now. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. But
5: I would like, my hand went bad, which is the <laughs> Bruce Campbell line from the start of Evil Dead 3. I like the line uh, when she's covered in nails. David My Face hurts.
4: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that
5: was one they came up with on the day and Eric's supposed to be a bit of a weirdo and, and Lou he didn't know that she was going to say that line and he's laughing for real and they kept it in just <laughs> to make Eric seem a bit more of a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> Um so, yeah, um, in terms of Natalie, as I said, there was a lot of stuff that was cut f- uh, from her character where she was sort of the nicest of the bunch. And Fede said that one of the rules that Sam Raimi told him before they started shooting was the innocent must always be punished. Oh,
3: right. And that's
5: <laughs> and that's what happens to Natalie in the film. She's sort of the sacrificial lamb <laughs> who's who's there to be fridged, essentially, just mm. to help David on his journey. Yeah, because um, to- then he's
3: like, I can do what I've got to do. Because I just killed my girlfriend. Yeah.
5: Yeah, because he goes to burn the place down with Mia inside, but he stops. And this is him finding the right path now because previously he sort of sacrificed his sister by running away when he left him to save himself when he left her to look after the mum. Mm -hmm. And here he's going to sacrifice his sister by running away and he changes his mind. So he's starting to do the right thing here. Um, So he heads to the tool shed to to tool up. Yay! (laughs) He does, he goes for MacGyver. It's great. Uh, he gets into the basement where they have sort of a big basement battle, I guess. Um, and then he, he, he sort of um, gets Mia out and puts a red dress on her. Why
3: Why this? Why this red dress?
5: I think this is the mother's red dress from stuff earlier in the film. Oh, God. Yeah. Because also, so this, I was thinking
3: the whole time, see, this isn't, it's is a very different film where she goes cold turkey in a cabin, and you're like, is that a good idea? Like, your dead mum's shit is all over the place. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, that shower is a nasty shower. <laughs> Would she not have rather gone like Centre Parks or something? <laughs> like, it's true. It yeah, true. it just it, you you but you'd be sketchy. And then your brothers there going. Do you remember this dress our dead mother used to wear? I think it's the last thing you need.
4: It did take me out of film. I was thinking, where's that red
3: dress from? I thought it yeah, looked like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I'm like, uh, is, is that Lydia's yeah.
4: wedding dress
5: from Beetlejuice? And it's also
3: a bit pervy, weird as well. Like mm. dressing up your dead sister in a frock in order to like. That's he's
5: buried I guess he's burying his mum at the same that's time. He's burying nice. his sister.
3: Yeah, because he wasn't and, there. Um, Eric
2: comes through now now, doesn't he because we've been hating on Eric because he's like a massive dick but now he sort of he steps up and when Mia starts to try and kill David he he helps out and you sort of do at this point I was like actually considering he's still standing and still trying to stop this demonic force that yes he unleashed he'd been at this point he'd been stabbed by a knife stabbed in the eye by a syringe Mm. fallen on a toilet been shot all over with a nail gun had a Stanley knife jabbed in him and he's still there doing yeah. his
3: best. I think the film does a good job of not, you know, it's such an obvious moment where the person you left outside and said stay there doesn't stay there. But when he pops up, I was like, oh, there he is because his character, he's knackered as well because he's very injured. But I thought he would just stay there when he was told to stay mm. there for the first time in film history. So I liked it. It did he give does, me a shock.
5: He's doing the right thing um, as is David now who's actually sort of um, do, living up to his responsibilities, not running away. And he does what he was supposed to do in the film. So they believe that the big mistake David makes is when Mia brings up the stuff about the mum, he does not apologise. Here he apologises to her, says, sorry, I should have been there for you, and then um, digs a grave,
3: So is that, puts her in a grave. Is that the demon talking or is that real Mia talking? Because does the, de- the demon and Mia are one and the same thing? So the demon knows all about her yeah. mum. But if it was real Mia who's like broken through... Now is not the time for this heart to heart. You have it later when you've got me out of this open grave, I feel. But if it's the demon, he's not really got the satisfaction he needs because he's not having a conversation with his sister. So it's unsatisfying.
2: Yeah, although because yeah, you said she's in there and she can see everything that's going on, but he wouldn't mm. know that, would he?
3: No, he wouldn't know that. Mm. And also she would say, get me out of here <laughs> and then we'll talk about mum. Yeah,
5: and yeah. it does look a bit like a bush took a trial as well. <laughs> uh, he does get her out of there, though. He put, takes electrodes to her heart. They've got beautiful strings rising here. The music's amazing. Uh, but no, Joy, you can't bring her back. But he says, you're at peace now. And he walks away. And then she returns. They have a big embrace and a cry. And um, she says, thanks for not leaving me, David. Yeah. So he's got his arc. <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric then stabs him, the bastard, because he's now turned. Yep. Uh, David gives her keys and sends her away and shuts the door. And David shoots the gas canister and the whole place goes up with the boys inside. Mm-hmm. Now, there is an alternate scene in an alternate cut of this um, where we see David become possessed as the flames sort of fly around him with the idea that maybe there could be more... But they to set up stuff in the future, but they didn't. Good. They didn't use no. it. It Didn't good. seem right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she holds the necklace, and a drop of blood lands in it, and then it starts to rain blood. How did you feel about the blood rain?
4: It looked cool.
5: Yeah, don't know if I needed it, but it <laughs> did look cool, and it made for great stuff
4: in the trailer and all the marketing. Mm. And like the you know the audio artwork was very red. I get it, I get it. But um, but yeah, I think it, it's just it's just to look cool, isn't it? It doesn't really add anything to the story.
5: <laughs> Looking cool is fine though, I yeah.
3: think. <laughs> I guess. It's just, again, another frustration where she's holding that crappy necklace and I was like, but the <laughs> sun is not, at least you're holding it like this. <laughs> Sorry, holding it up. And I was like, well, maybe a magical sunbeam will come down and you'll set fire to everything. But no, just raining blood. So pointless. Still don't know what that necklace is <laughs> and why it looks like that. Uh,
5: the abomination rises from the ground as predicted now. Um, there was a version of the story where they were, all of the characters were part of the abomination. I'm glad they didn't do that. It might have looked cool, but it would have been weird. What, like the ghost of Christmas future in Scrooge? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Mia crawls through the hole that was established in the film. She sees a machete. Changes their mind, goes for the chainsaw. As you are asking in Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. this, is, this is using that same gag yep. when you're looking for weapons. Oh, yeah. uh, the demon has a machete and sort of scrapes her leg and cuts her arm. She's sort of in a corridor in the, in the wall, which is, I guess, an homage to the Evil Dead chase, yes. to <laughs> Evil Dead 2 chase. Yep. Uh, and I do feel like this film is good at those little cuts, the tiny ones that you feel the pain. Sometimes oh, yeah, someone yeah. having their head chopped off, you don't feel. But in this f- slice, in this film, yeah. yeah, the
4: thing that gets the biggest response is the needle in the eye. It's the whole yeah. thing. That's yeah. horrible. horrible. Yeah. it's
2: uh, <laughs> it's when the jeep goes over on her hand and she pulls her fucking hand her off oh. under the jeep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the bit. I thought she was what's it called? Degloving. Yeah. I thought
3: it was going to be a degloving initially, but it's the
5: whole hand that and comes off. And it's all off. melty. Mm. Ooh, ah. I love that bit. Yeah, it's great. Well, <laughs> we're nearly there because she she hides under the jeep and she saws off the demon's feet, which right. is a very satisfying moment. Uh. Which but the demon then pushes the jeep onto her arm, which is a very satisfying moment as well. Uh, and she can't reach the chainsaw. So, yeah, you see that the, the, the skin and the bones stretch and break and it doesn't look real, but it feels good, I think, watching mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and then she grabs the chainsaw. Now, this is obviously fan service, but I don't feel like it feels desperate here. I feel like it's quite appropriate and earned for her to slam a slam the chainsaw. Sure. Uh, uh, what is it? A nub through the chainsaw hmm. <laughs> and pull it Um, uh, the, the 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 abomination says I will feast on your soul and she says feast on this motherfucker <laughs> and then chainsaw through uh, the demon's brain as blood rain downs on her and the cabin burns in the background for what feels like ages yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yeah she cuts through the demon and it sinks into the earth towards hell and dawn breaks there's two good last lines here uh, one is where she's putting her
2: nub, into the chainsaw and she goes, it's the line I use at the start, I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> I think that is just such a great simple, like, alright, let's do this. I'm not as sure about when she saws the demon in half the abomination half and goes, and that's all it takes to stop doing heroin. <laughs> like, is, that, is that all
3: right? Is that good? I'm not sure.
5: Uh, dawn breaks and Mia's made it to the morning. And um, that's where this version of the film ends. Uh, apart from we have a post-credit scene where we hear the professor's tape, uh, Professor noteby's tape, and we see Ash in profile. And he turns to the screen and says, Groovy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been saying fan service that feels earned and good. This feels desperate, doesn't it?
4: Isn't it just very last minute edition? Yeah, Uh,
5: we need Bruce Campbell to do some
4: publicity, put a scene of him at the end. Mm. I think it was shot like days before the premiere as well. It was one of those very last, I
5: wouldn't be surprised because there is an alternate ending that's on the Blu ray where she's walking on the road and collapses, and a truck pulls up, and a very nice bloke comes out, helps her, takes her to the hospital. And it seems like she's asleep in the truck, and then suddenly she opens her eyes, and it gives you some sort of a weird jump scare. But equally, the way they take their time for the the guy to get out of the truck and get to her you really think it's ash ah and that's where it might have worked but then it's not ash and it's just like well it was just a bad alternate ending which they didn't use Mm -hmm. um and there were lots of um there were lots of different endings they tried out so there was another one where it was going to be very similar to the evil dead one um ending where you think she survived and then it comes all the way through the house Uh, the demon, and then into her mouth. And I think she was going to... They tried to make sure that through this film nothing too supernatural happens, so you could keep blaming it on um, maybe hallucinations or heroin or whatever. Really? Where she starts levitating
2: here. Okay. I don't know. that. How would that work? What, the audience... Or the characters I think will the blame characters, it. okay? Because
3: we know, right? That yeah. it it's evil the evil fucking
5: dead.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and equally, just one where it it was the same as the Evil Dead one ending. But Sam Raimi said to her, uh, said to him, um, after everything she's been through, I think the audiences are going to want her to live. Um, And he said to him, but you you killed Ash in the first movie. And he said, yes, he deserved to die. (laughs) I wanted him to die. Uh, But we've got to have Mia live. So, yeah, that's... uh, Let me tell you about going to school with Bruce Campbell. That's 2013 Evil Dead. So let's do the bits and bobs. Uh, Sam, what was your favourite scene?
4: uh i do think actually burying mia to sort of get rid of the dead and that sort of like i think that he's like fully leaning into the law by that point puts a bag on her head and I'm like that's a bit weird but that's so she can speak she, her guts aren't full of soil when she wakes up um yeah i think that seems really powerful and actually it's a nice arc for mia um to sort of come back and you know kick ass towards the end yeah uh there um it's just done i do think this film like, so much more than the Sam Raimi ones. Though. I, I I don't love all the gore, but it does do the emotional stuff well. And Jane Levy's performance is so good, and that's one of her best scenes. She's
5: really good. Uh, Vicky?
3: Car hand is brilliant. <laughs> I like the basement stuff. Like I said, when she says, Maze not here, you fucking idiot, <laughs> just made me laugh my head off. But um, the homemade fib just shocked me. I don't know why it shocked me so much. It's set up earlier where... Eric like, and she had to have a defib and everyone was like oh my god and it's like well if you nearly die that's what they use but to see a car battery powered defibrillator <laughs> like just really shocked me mm. I don't know if that works it
5: does yeah yeah they they, they did their research really? to find something that would work they tested yeah. it on Bruce Campbell
4: <laughs> yeah
3: he didn't want that but that's what happened uh, yeah that just really simple, That I haven't seen I didn't even know you could do that like it seems like a good I don't think you sub- could
5: do it <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah, you haven't worked, in a, in, Chicago, worked in a garage in Chicago I've never worked in a garage
3: <laughs> so, and I haven't ever. I've not even jump started a car, so uh, don't You've crashed you crashed one into a bus though. That's sort of at halfway. Very. There. Su- <laughs> I mean, it turned it into a bus at five miles five miles an hour, officer. So nothing to worry about there. Um, yeah, sorry. So yeah, homemade defib. Just the, the setup annoyed me because it's like this is really heavy exposition. So then when it did pay off, I was like, that's good. And I don't feel like I've seen that before.
5: Love it. Well, uh,
2: it's uh, it's the whole... It's the, I, I can't pick a single bit. That whole final showdown mm. from the minute the abomination rises and I think it was 50,000 gallons of blood starts to fall from the sky and the uh, bit in the little alley bit of note to Evil Dead 2 and then that fucking hand under the jeep. The whole thing is brilliant. And I was a bit lukewarm towards this movie. And so to go from being like, eh, to I'm so into this final fight mm. it is quite amazing because normally you have to be like really invested in it for the final fight but there's something about the way that starts and the way
5: it's orchestrated. I, I just loved it. Yeah, and, and there are a lot of as I said, I watched this in a packed cinema. There are a lot of audience moments in this film. Those horrible, disgusting bits are great with the crowd because everyone's reacting yeah. sort of physically and verbally. But this bring, brought the roof off the place. This is one of the best experiences I've ever had, that climate. I'm the same as you, Al. Yeah. And it was just the the place went nuts for this scene. Was As soon as the the, the the sky started raining blood and then from there on in, it's only five minutes, but it just keeps delivering hmm. what you want it to. So I, I quite agree. Uh, MVW, Alex, most funny whatever. I, I agree in Jane Levy. Is very
2: good uh, in this. I was. So, I'm sorry to hear that her and Fede have fallen out since then. He, um, they had no, a little that. bit of a, a to do, didn't they? Because he happens to the best of us with Fede.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's quite fickle, isn't he? Uh, you? Uh, yeah, you know so, what? Yeah.
2: Based on his what he's done to you, I'm yeah. going to blame him. But uh, he said he said because she wasn't in Don't Breathe too. No, and he said she's amazing and in her element on TV where she's truly happy. And then he went on to say about her not appearing in Don't Breathe 2. When I pictured her shooting this movie, I did not see her happy. I think she gives 200% every day and these movies are really demanding and the way we do them, I wouldn't do that to her. And she then sort of replied, going, I, I don't want to revisit this, but it feels uh, a little weird to have people choosing your decisions for you before they've asked you.
3: That is money. That's all that is. She asked for a ton of money. He said, no, that's that. Really? No. Do you know I what I mean? Th- th- like, th- where th- she's th- like, oh, she's very, you know, she's, she gives it all, but I don't want to do that to her. I don't know. We're There's not a- paying
2: 200% more. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
3: <sorry. laughs> Weirdly it. specific figure. <laughs> Our old friend Rob Tappert
5: came up on the, in some of the behind the scenes stuff where, I mean, she cried a few times making this movie. She talks about it on camera during the making of it. And he said to them at the beginning, look, there are going to be moments. These are the hardest films you'll ever have to make, Evil Dead movies. And there are moments where you're going to want to rip your makeup off and go to your trailer and cry. You can do that. Don't rip your makeup off, but go to your trailer and cry. <laughs> you oh, you can well, do yeah, that. Because
3: of you, you yeah, dick. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, easy
5: for you to say, Rob.
3: Yeah, I'm crying because of you. Because of a tree I had to go. Like That's not good, is it?
2: So that's I'm, not, his fault. I'm not taking sides, but it's not Jane Levy. It's Fede Alvarez, uh, simply for the decision which he's talked about, you know, CGI, faster, cheaper, could have made this for less money and done it a lot quicker. But the fact that he went for in-camera, mostly in-camera, Camera special effects. I think you're watching a movie that is 10, 20 times the movie it would have been if those scratches, those cuts, you were talking about them earlier, mm.
5: were digital, which yeah. they could quite easily be. The fact that you're watching prosthetics yeah. makes yeah. this movie. When Lou's pulling that um, nail out of his face, that's yeah. just a nail hitting up his finger that he's just pulling out from <laughs> under his, not, not up his finger, but <laughs> between his fingers. Oh, it's wow. like, it's just a simple magic trick.
4: Oh, wow. I think that's part of the Evil Dead films. It needs to be tangible and gritty and like, yeah. you want to get your hands all over it yeah. and then make for that big screen experience. I think that's the through line with all the films we've mm. talked about today is they are they're good with a crowd. Yeah. And that's how you do it.
5: Vicky.
3: So Jay Levy, <clears throat> or the decision to have her character be drug addicted because that's not what you that's no, not what I expect when I see this film. These are very like clean-looking teenagers. Some of their dialogue they're like, "Hey buddy, I haven't seen you for." it. It's like, "Oh god, okay, here we go." And then all of a sudden it's like goodbye heroin. It's like, "Bloody hell." But it just takes care of so much stuff, which I love. Mm. But Jane Levy, I think, so this is the first thing I've ever seen her in. I thought she was really good. You know that she's the final girl because she's got a bit of sass and she gets quite a lot of like heavy story like up front. But for me, for these films, it's like, well, she's a drug addict. So there's no way she can make it because you will be punished. And then she's relegated to the basement for the whole thing as well. So it's like, I will be really sad to see you die, but you must die because you're a drug addict and these films don't allow that kind of thing, these types of films or whatever. (laughs) So then when she survives, you're so pleased for her. She deserves it and you get to see more of her. And I think that's down to. Her. the character's brilliant but it's obviously her performance that when she's survived you're like I know, I know I'm going to get that final act with you in it I, th- I thought she was really good
5: yeah I'm going to jump in now because I agree I think Jane Levy, that's really hard shoes to fill when you're essentially the Bruce Campbell role in an Evil Dead movie. Obviously, it couldn't be more different. But I think she absolutely nails it and really delivers. And yeah, you didn't miss. I didn't miss. I wasn't missing Ash.
3: Mm.
5: Uh, Sam. Same,
4: Jane, okay. Jane Levy fan club. Uh, what a performance. Like She really sells to horror. She's got such an expressive face. Mm. She goes through some grueling stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm rooting for her all the way.
5: And she can't off scream. Mm.
3: Yes. I once made her scream really yeah <laughs> i'll send you the video sometime please don't <laughs> wow.
5: Wow. no it was doing a i don't want to know it's fine cool let's just leave it hanging there uh, she was smiling. Um, uh, would you change anything? Are they what?
3: often not. <laughs> <we are>?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there. What the fuck does that supposed to mean?
3: Sorry,
5: Vicky What would you change quickly? Uh, I
3: want to. So the is this a reference I've missed because I haven't seen all of the canon? But sure. the the people at the start when the dad is like, these are good people. Yeah, and they're watching the girl be burned when she's tied to the stake. You know, the first. You know, who what? Who are those people? Like, who is this collective of people? I thought like ever... just people
5: she's terrorizing.
3: But some of them seem like they've got. Like injuries and deformities, and it just seemed mm. it just it really threw me. I might be overreaching, that's, but it's I it think
2: yeah, yeah. It's misguiding you. It's basically going, oh, this poor girl's going to be killed by these terrifying people. It's playing on right. your prejudices. You th- you're About thinking you're in deliverance, I guess. Yeah, they the look like have them.
3: eyes. Oh, yeah. I thought they looked like an experiment. Like because it was just this creepy basement, and then I know that there's a portal, and I know that all anything's possible. I, no. I didn't. What, oh, okay.
5: What a bit of trivia. One of those guys who does look a bit strange. Um, he survived. He's in real life. He survived two plane crashes. Apparently.
3: Wow. my re- and my other one is Pov shots are so important in the, all these films. So when Mia is in the grave, unless I blinked and missed it, I could do with a pov from her perspective of being buried. Because live burial, the film is brilliant at going. These are the options. Live mm. burial is obviously the worst. Mm. No one wants to be buried alive. When you do get bury someone, you don't feel it as the audience. Which but then is you've like, got to take the
5: bag off her head.
3: You could just and then, but then with the it could be a surprise of like she goes pop like that, <laughs> and it's like is she a demon? Is she normal? And then you could mess it. That could be quite funny. That's all my right, change. You want to pop, uh, <laughs>
4: Sam? Uh, I think I think just add a, if we, if they could add a, do a comedy pass get Diablo Cody in with her like comedy head on not just for the English language stuff Use a hamburger put, phone put a in this bit A couple of gags, there you go Get Jason Bateman in the camera <laughs>
5: Skidaddle skidoodle skidoodie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish it had
4: I wish it had you know, a dancing lamp or something like that <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> a from sweet really indie soundtrack uh, will haunt you forever. <laughs>
3: brilliant <laughs>
4: uh, yeah just just a little bit like I think it is so extreme at, at that time there were lots of reboots of you know things um,
5: last house on the Left. And yeah. they were going for extreme horror. Yeah, just add a little bit of humor. I guess every group of friends has a funny one. I'm, I'm the funny one in us three, <laughs> and this group of five doesn't really have a funny one. So maybe they,
4: yeah, bring a bring Jason Bateman. That's <laughs> Put
5: Jason Bateman in. <laughs> That's a, a comedy and great idea. <laughs> <laughs> or Michael Sarah, <Coursera.
2: laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex. Uh, I don't think you need to kill Grandpa the dog. Um, I, I know I'm not averse to dogs dying in movies. This isn't like my thing but I just think it's got to like if if I'm not being affected by a dog dying in a movie it hasn't been done well or it was unnecessary and I think it's unnecessary it's undermining you there sorry um, I I, don't but maybe it's got a lower threshold like anything I see a dog I cry (laughs) maybe we should watch we should watch a lot of dog movies together and just work
5: out some sort of scale uh, (laughs) what is the right dog death (laughs) Uh, for me I think they I think they miss a trick not really fucking David up by using his mum's voice to tell him she misses him and ask where he was in her final day Oh, I was a Chicagoan, Gary. <laughs>
4: yeah.
5: I swear. Yeah. <laughs> and also, just to just to hop back to something we criticised earlier, um, I think Demon Mia should vomit the demon into Nice Mia's mouth rather than it going between her legs. Sure. Uh, it's just a disgusting. <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no! I've always my rapey tree
5: because <laughs> <laughs> they even use a vomit gag a few minutes later. That's disgusting. So just get rid of that one yeah. and bang, use it here, and you've done the same thing.
3: Yeah, it's fine.
5: <laughs> um, Uh, and that is Evil Dead
2: 2013. Fantastic stuff. Right then, so, quick question. How does everyone feel? Are we including our appearance on Sam's wonderful 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest podcast where we discussed Evil Dead in this verdict or are we just doing the two films we covered on ClashPod this week? If you'd like to do all three, raise your hand now.
0: They can't see us, we can't see
4: them...
2: Okay. <laughs> so yeah, tell them what happened, Alex. I will. I will do.
5: Uh, Vicky went. Okay. When three people put their hand up, she didn't want to be left out of the right decision. Okay. I'm. Do- I'm only doing this because I think someone is voting for uh, the film we weren't going to pick. So I think it's a what, good idea. Alex. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Jeopardy, Jeopardy. 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 Who knows Jeopardy. what's going to happen next? Jeopardy.
3: It's time for the verdict. Mm. You want answers?
5: I think I'm entitled. You
2: want answers!
1: I want the truth!
2: Uh, All right, uh, Sam, as the guest, I'm going to let you give your verdict first. Which film are you voting for?
4: I think it has to be Evil Dead 2. It's still under 90 minutes. (laughs) Um, But it's brought to life with a bit more budget than the first The Evil Dead. Although I think if you were doing sort of a... Maybe, you know, just one versus one, The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2013. They're they're much closer, Mm -hmm. much closer. Mm -hmm. Um, Evil Dead 2 is sort of the fun outlier, and I like the fun uncle. (laughs) Yeah. I get that I get that okay so that is one vote from Sam for Evil Dead
5: 2 I think you should go next Alex as I feel like people will be guessing (laughs)
2: really you want me to go next okay I I, I went early on why I don't think it's Evil Dead 2013 and it's for me it's the cabin in the woods thing too many characters do too many stupid things I mean I know we talked about the final fight and I love it dropping keys I'm like oh god dropping keys it's just like so tired I'm so bored of characters dropping keys (laughs) it's like there's too many moments like that Eric it's just stupid. Natalie going into the basement. Stupid. People doing stupid things. And maybe I'd seen Cabin in the Woods so recently, like, well, I watched it recently. And so it's still so fresh in my mind. But it's just too many boring tropes. Uh, that said, that final fight is brilliant. Evil Dead 2, I love. I think it's an absolutely fantastic film. But my vote is for the original 1981 slash 20 slash 2, whatever it came out, 1980, whatever. The Evil Dead. And I think it's because it's still funny for me in that really dark way. It's not aiming for laughs, but it's so gratuitous, so over the top with some of the gore that I just think it's hilarious and it makes me hysterical without trying. And also, it's fucking scary. It's an actual scary film. And two isn't. And I, I just think, I know, you know, thankfully it's 90 minutes long, which is why it works so well. But to do like, you know, to just sort of keep up that gag... Ratio hit hit rate for for ninety minutes. It just about pulls it off, but it's a bit wearing. It's like okay, another another comedy setup, another comedy setup. Whereas that first movie, like the stuff it does at the start, the sh- swing banging against the side of the <laughs> cabin, like it does so little and creates this truly ominous ominous atmosphere. And I think it gets a better balance of horror and laughs. And so for me, it is Sam Raimi's original, The Evil Dead. V.
3: So in terms of scares, it's 1, 13, 2. Um, mm-hmm. but it isn't going to be 2013. I just feel a bit jaded by, it's like this with the Evil Dead 1 and 2, what you've got for me is like, because it's my first watch, is the shock of the old rather than the shock of the new. And I'm just a bit over. I find it quite hard to be scared by new horror. I don't know if it's an age thing. It's just, there's nothing there for me that's like, Even when you haven't seen something before, you probably have and all the rest of it. Whereas the shock of the old, the sort of grainy aspect to Evil Dead 1 makes it terrifying. Now that's unintentional because it's just the way it was shot and it was shot 40 odd years ago. Evil Dead 2. I went into it understanding that a lot of people think it's better and was like, okay, well I'll I'll try and be a bit more, you know, not, you know, not prejudiced. Like let me see what I think. And within about 10 minutes like this film's fucking amazing. Like it's just ridiculously good and it's it owes everything to Evil Dead 1, but this there's, there's something about the story as well in that he did one. No one sees it. It's okay. He has this bit of a dip Sam Raimi, I mean, and then goes back and he's like I'll show you what I can do with some money, like. And I just find that fast. I find it fascinating, but it is a brilliant film. Uh, the hu- you know the other humans bit is a bit crap, but uh, Evil Dead One does lose points for being you know your first film out of the gate. I'll put um, a gratuitous tree rape in there. Like I'm not cool with that, obviously. So yeah, Evil Dead Two.
2: so far, it's two for Evil Dead Two. One for Sam Raimi's original, The Evil Dead. Chris, he gave Evil Dead 2013 9 out of 10 on IGN. Mm. It's exhilarating in his words. What are you going
5: for? He's exhilarating. Uh, Definitely not Evil Dead 1. I think the effects aren't good enough. I don't think Bruce Campbell's a good enough actor yet. I don't think Ash is a great character yet. Writing that one off immediately. I think 2013, better film. Best film, I think. It applies rules and interesting group dynamics and logic and reason. I think they're all good actors. I love the switcheroo with the antagonist becoming the hero in the final third. It's got the best finale of the lot by quite a long way, I would say, as well. But I'm going Evil Dead (laughs) 2. Because I love this... Superior origin story and it's not just any old Superior origin story this bloke starts out a romantic lead and ends the film mad max
3: (laughs) in 80 odd minutes he becomes mad max
5: and bruce is a great actor here and the effects are great and ash is a great character plus evil dead 2 i think is the most pure unfiltered sam raimi we've ever got on screen and that is something to behold so evil dead 2
2: well, we have a winner, and that winner is Evil Dead 2. Groovy. <laughs> All right, then. So, don't forget, you can tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the poll goes live on Twitter. We are at ClashPod on Twitter, also Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. And we are done. Uh, shall we have a look ahead to next week with the wonderful clue that you gave on Monday's episode, Chris? Mm, I think I heard your one as well, though. Uh, Trouble and Strife. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing, Chris or Vicky? Whoever's weak it is, I don't want to get into that again. Chris, we're doing The Fugitive versus Gone Girl. Would you have worked that out on Monday with the whole... I could put my arm in my...
3: Only Jost. Yeah. Yeah. You're one old man, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Trouble in triple yes. Party. yeah.
2: That's it. All right. It's the Fugitive versus Gone Girl uh, because someone didn't check the Google document. We don't know where they are, but I'm sure they're available online all over the place. Um, a big thank you to you, Sam Clements, for joining us for this Evil Dead Marathon this week. And thank you for having us on your podcast, 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest. Uh, once again, go and check it out. It's absolutely wonderful. Have
4: you had fun? I had the best time. <laughs> Marvellous. <laughs> Much better than a cabin in the woods.
3: <laughs> oh, you say that. But what about the blended cocktails? Uh, oh.
2: White Russian from Sprinklers. I, I'm that convicts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we will be back on Monday then as we begin another Clash pairing and talk The Fugitive. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye.
4: Clash of the Titles is a Stack
1: Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.